inches. Hey, joining us now from somewhere, I think he's in Albert Lee now, is our good friend Mr. Al Bat. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning, Karen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, you could say it's mild, but <laughs> you, you wouldn't, you'd be lying, probably. But you can still say that, you know, so that's okay. Yeah, it's it's not bad because the sun is shining. So as, as Minnesotans, we know how that goes with the sun shining. It's, it's, it's passable, I guess. And uh, I've heard from a number of folks today. I'm, I'm sitting by a movie theater, so I've uh, had the chance to talk to a lot of folks this morning. And a lot of them have uh, given me that sage advice. It could be worse. <laughs> so and, and maybe it will be. That so is so Minnesotan, know. isn't it? The that it could be worse is always a Minnesota say, Minnesotan saying. It, we sure do, and it's. I've been ringing the bells. Uh, supposed to ring them tomorrow, and I'm supposed to ring them on the 23rd. A uh, couple of days that will be uh, will give me some challenges just getting to a place maybe to ring the bells. So we're gonna see how that works i enjoy ringing bells so much uh, people are wonderful and uh, we have a kind i appreciated your mention a uh, little story uh, i shouldn't say little big story about the salvation army looking for people uh we all are you know everybody gets busy this time of year and uh here where i'll be ringing in in albert lee we have a wonderful anonymous donor who has uh out uh, Whatever we collect, they will give us the same amount. That's so uh, every dollar thrown in there becomes two. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hey, this morning I was sitting with a stack of books on my desk. I, uh, my desk is buried under books for the most part because I, I love books. And uh, people are, I read one, Slow Birding by Joan Strassman. And she advises slow down and savor Friends of mine that we've been birding forever would sit at breakfast and say, gee, we need to just slow down and uh, really look at a bird and learn about a bird. And that's a wonderful way to enjoy nature. It's like a leisurely day at your favorite museum where you just stop and look at everything and learn. I also read Birds and Us by Tim Burkhead. It's a 12,000-year history from cave art to conservation. Uh, it's not, uh, boy, you think 12,000-year history, that thing must be the size of the Empire State Building, but it's a, a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, when We All Get Together by Heather Bradley is a Moonbeam Children's Book Awards winner, and it's done on collective nouns. The whole book is about collective nouns for uh, animals, a loveliness of ladybugs and a parcel of white deer. I've never heard them called a parcel before I read this, but it's a wonderful uh, children's book. And if you're like me, maybe you go into grade schools and uh, read a book to those wonderful kids. It's a, a good book to have in your arsenal. Also, any National Geographic kids books. I think I had six or seven of them on my desk. Uh, Little Kid First Nature Guide to Bugs. It's just it's a great book, yeah. And, and of course, we get like the ants can carry a hundred times their body weight, but then they add that would be like me carrying my car. <laughs> and then uh, five thousand awesome facts about animals. That's another National Geographic kids book that says a lion can roar twenty five times louder than a lawnmower. Oh. Again, it's National Geographic kids books, but. 
uh, folks, I am a kid because I love these. I, National Geographic just does a superb job. I also got uh, about waterfowl, a guide for children, and I got this from uh, Catherine's, Catherine Sill, who wrote it, and it was illustrated by John Sill, and they're a couple that I know uh, fairly well, and it's just wonderful. Uh, the paintings in there by John are superb. Uh, the Vet at Noah's Ark by Doug Mader and their stories of survival from an inner city animal hospital. And you can just kind of guess what kind of animals he's dealing with. And if you guess a bunch of them, you don't even come close. Because I don't know why people decide certain things would make a wonderful pet, but they do. And then when things happen or they just discard them, uh, Dr. Mader comes in. And uh, the last two... Uh, one is Zen Birds. A friend of mine just gave it to me for Christmas, mailed it in a package, and it wasn't wrapped, so I opened it up and greedily took it out. It's by Vanessa Sorensen. Uh, she, again, they're beautiful paintings. I love bird paintings. And then there's uh, nice little lines in there. One, how lucky the air to feel the graceful embrace of the swallow's wings. And the last book I had on my desk this morning has, I don't know, I guess everything has to do with nature, but it's Betty White's Pearls of Wisdom by Patty Sullivan. They're life lessons from a beloved American treasure. You know, I didn't watch Golden Girls. I know a lot of you will just go, what? Yeah, it was a good show, yeah. I watched it. Yeah, Yeah, my wife wife liked it, but I, I... I think that was during that period where I just did not watch any TV at all. Ah. But I remember Betty White from the Mary Tyler Moore show where she played, oh, this self-centered, conniving, man-hungry, happy homemaker <laughs> who was so cheerful on the air cooking and cleaning and then was had that the dark side. So I, I'm looking forward to I just got to just kind of turn a few pages on that one. But, oh, man, I love books. I watched a red-breasted nuthatch fly into a feeder and grab a sunflower seed and then leave quickly as if, as if it had swiped the seed. It grabbed it and said, oh, my gosh, i got to get out of here. Uh, two pheasants and two rabbits fed under that same bird feeder, and it was below zero, as you all know. And these, uh, the rabbits and the pheasants were hungry, so there was little fussing. They were getting along. They were a group. A group of rabbits has been called a bevy, uh, a berry, a colony, down, drove, herd, husk, litter, nest, trace, trip, and warren. Uh, collective nouns for pheasants include bevy, bouquet, brace, trace, uh, litter, nest, trace, trip, and warren. So I, I, I'm sorry, I put in the end of the rabbits. Let's try it again. Collective nouns for pheasants. Include bevy, bouquet, brace, crash, head, night, nigh, plume, plump, trip, and warn. It's confusing for me because they share some of the same collective nouns. So I could rightly call this mixed group of rabbits and pheasants a bevy, a trip, or a warren because they're both called that. Later, a fox squirrel joined the group, but only for a short time. A collective noun for squirrels is a scurry. And that's what the squirrel did after being chased by a rooster pheasant. They are also, squirrels are also sometimes called dray, uh, just like their nest is a dray, their leaf nest. 
And there was another group moving through the yard on this cold and sunny day. It was a noisy group of startlings. Why are they noisy now? What do they got to talk about? Uh, the collective noun for that vociferous bunch is a chattering. Hmm. But they are also referred to as a murmuration because of that background murmur caused by the many wings of a flock beating in flight. Uh, Pam Pleiss showed me, uh, she's from Albert Lee, uh, known Pam forever of the day. Uh, she showed me a video of a long-eared owl in her yard, and it's just a, uh, it's a wonderful video. Chad Hines, who uh, kind of ramrods the hawk watch places in Mankato, said the counters have done their job faithfully once again, and it is time to put the fall season in the books. Most totals were below or well below totals from previous years, and we had the lowest season total since 2013. Our season was highlighted by three Mississippi kites back in August and September, but that seems like a long time ago. I had my first secondhand report of a snowy owl this past week. The bird was seen along Highway 22 west of St. Peter sitting on a telephone pole or wire with additional snow for all up front. I expect there will be a few more of these raptors headed our way along with additional rough-legged hawks. Uh, just heard from Denny Pressure from New Richland, uh, a classmate of mine, said, uh, thanks for a great show. Well, Denny, thank you for, for listening. Uh, Mark Sorensen of Hollandale said he has a gray squirrel with a walnut in its mouth, and it's banging it against the window of Mark's house, and he wonders what is going on there. I'm sure the squirrel is trying to cash the, its food. So it has this wallet, and it wants to cash it somewhere, and it's looking inside your house, Mark, and saying, you know, that would be a great place for me to put it in there. I had a vent on top of my uh, garage, and one year, this was a gray squirrel, it dropped so many walnuts through that vent, and I was gone for like a week, and I came home, and the box of my pickup, I looked in there and had all these walnuts in there, and I wondered how they got in there because there was no place for the squirrel to get in the garage. And while I was trying to Sherlock Holmes this event, there came a walnut falling through the vent. So they, uh, they're just trying to find a place where they can, they can save some food. Uh, Christmas bird counts have been going on. Uh, the one I've heard from was from Rita Grants, and there was one down in Mason City, so a bit south of us. Said it was kind of blustery weather, but they ended up with 54 species, but nothing really unusual. They had six duck species plus a coot, but they missed the black duck that's been hanging around. They didn't see any red-winged blackbirds, no cowbirds, no grackles, but they had a few bluebirds and one robin. Six sparrow species, but no shrikes, siskins, and no screech owls. And it said it was too blustery for the short-eared owl that has been seen to make an appearance. Uh, Brad Baldwin saw a green-winged teal, which is probably considered rare now at Bud Lake. This is in Martin County, and he also saw a short-eared owl, which would be rare just south of East Chain WMA. Chad Hines saw a northern goshawk, again, that'd be rare, in LeSueur County. And the Bethany Hawkwatch saw a Carolina wren in Sibley County. I don't know what the Bethany Hawkwatch was doing wandering around Sibley County. <laughs> I'm guessing it's just 
some of the members of the Bethany Hawk Watch. And for folks that would like to get involved with uh, kind of a fun winter thing to do in January, the annual Golden Eagle Survey will be happening on January 21st across southeastern Minnesota, western Wisconsin, eastern Iowa, and northwestern Illinois. So they've expanded their survey area this year, creating new routes. And for those interested in joining or in refreshing their skills, there will be three virtual training sessions being offered. If you'd be interested, send your name and where you live to Golden, as in Golden Eagle, golden at nationaleaglecenter.org. Golden at nationaleaglecenter.org. And the National Eagle Center is located in Wabasha, and it's just a a wonderful place to visit. If you've not been there, they have remodeled, and uh, uh, it's just, it was amazingly good before, and now it's even better. I don't know how they could do that, but it's uh, it's a nice trip on a nice winter day, and we will have nice winter days. And again, if the sun's shining, it's a nice winter day, so you can do whatever you want out there. I got a text from somebody saying, what is a meadow wink? A meadow wink. Meadow a wink? A meadow wink. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard of a meadow lark. And it's not related to that, is it? It's not, It's a nickname for the bobolink. Hmm. So the bobolink has a lot of nicknames. I can think of a skunk blackbird. That's uh, what I heard when I was a kid. Uh, rice bird, reed bird, butter bird. I'm probably missing something. And breeding male bobolinks are the only North American bird with a white back and black underparts, and they've been described as a bird wearing a tuxedo backward, and they, they do look like that. Um, somebody asked about northern shrikes earlier this morning while I've been hanging out here outside the theater. Somebody told me they're not open, so that was, people try to help me, you know, because they know me, they think, oh, yeah, I better tell him the theater's not open. He's just probably waiting. Um, Somebody said about shrikes. Uh, Northern shrikes migrate south from the Arctic to Minnesota for the winter, and they're slightly smaller than a blue jay. It has a distinctive black mask and has noticeable white patches on the wings in flight. And shrikes are predatory songbirds, so they catch insects, small birds, small mammals, and reptiles and they impale their prey on the thorns of trees. And I have seen them on hawthorn trees with those big big thorns that hawthorns have. Uh, We have loggerhead shrikes sometimes in the summer, depending on where you live. When I was a kid, I used to see them fairly regularly. And they would impale... They would impale mice and things on barbed wire fence. Oof. So it was always kind of a, yeah, it's like Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. You think <laughs> about them. But they're, um, they are a songbird. They're out there just hanging with the rest, and all of a sudden it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. They get hungry, and then they eat one of the other ones. So A uh, listener asked, uh, said, thank you, uh, thank you for listening. Why do birds migrate? Yeah, you know, who wouldn't want to live here all year uh, when it's below zero? It's just hard. Why would you want to leave? We have so many people I know that are down in Arizona, California, Florida, or Texas now, and why do they migrate? 
Well, not for the same reason that birds migrate. The two primary reasons bird migrate are for food and nesting locations. Uh, Birds migrate to move from areas of lower decreasing resources to areas of higher increasing resources. Uh, Birds nesting in the northern hemisphere, of course, tend to migrate northward in the spring to take advantage of burgeoning insect population, budding plants, and an abundance of nesting location. And then as winter nears and the availability of insects and other food drops, the birds move south. So migration, what triggers migration? Boy, changes in day length, lower temperature, changes in food supply, uh, genetic predisposition, uh, Karen Wright's weather reports. I mean, there's all (laughs) kinds of things that can uh, talk them into leaving. So they, uh, it's just one of those things. And you think about the long-distance migration some of those birds make. It's not easy. It's hazardous. You, if you're going to get enough food, are you going to run into uh, bad weather? Are you going to run into hawks that want to eat you? So there's a lot of things going on when they're making this trip. But it's an amazing thing to see. I uh, have been... I have so many pheasants in my yard. I've been putting out a, a little corn for them, and it's a cracked corn, and I get uh, oh, six of them probably coming in there, and they don't want to be around me. Uh, they don't like us because, well, we hunt them. But, I, you know, I like seeing them, and I feel good. And we have been taken over by a kitten, a ginger cat, uh, and it's just a... Uh, I don't know where it came from. The only way we ever get cats, they just show up. <laughs> and we have a, an elderly cat who is um, um, struggling a bit. And so it's like somebody says you need a replacement. So this little one shows up. And it is just amazed by pheasants. It, it just it looks out that window and his tail whips. <laughs> I, I keep telling her if it was outside, that rooster would kick her butt. But she seems to think that she's king of the or queen of the world. I guess female cats are definitely queens. So it's um, I'm not the only one that's getting joy out of feeding those pheasants. That little cat is seeing them, and, they, and her joy is probably greatly different than mine. But I think it's I think there's still joy in there somewhere. So I. Uh, I I love feeding birds. I, I just uh, put out uh, this morning, I put out black oil sunflower seed. I put some suet out, and I put some Niger seed, and then I put the corn out. So it's a, a big meal for them out there. They come out early. I got up at, uh, I think, a little before 6 this morning and went outside, so it'd be all ready. And then to put a little frosting on the cake, because what is cake without frosting, I ask you folks. You know what it is? It's a muffin. That's uh, what it is. Yeah, it's like no health food without, yeah, without frosting. So I put out some peanuts in the shell for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask you about, you know, we're getting these really, really cold temperature, and I think I read 40 below with wind chills. How is that going to affect our, our feathered and furry friends outside, and uh, should we be doing something? Of course, because we always want to do something, if and maybe we can't, to help them. Yeah, yeah and I think it's, you know, we will uh, read in here that the birds don't need us. Uh, we don't have to feed them, and we feed them because it's for us, and that 
last part we feed them for our benefit is certainly true. But when the weather gets really severe, um, there's a Professor Temple. He's from the University of Wisconsin. I think he's an emeritus now. But he does study on uh, black-capped chickadees and their survival rates where there was feeders available compared to where there was none. And over a normal winter, their survival rate was considerably higher, which you'd expect because it's just there's food there. And when the weather gets really bad, mortality goes up because uh, you need you need more food. You need more of everything. So birds will hunker down some. You might not see so many squirrels around your feeder because they'll just say, I'm in the dray, I'm, I'm having a nap. Your little chipmunk that you watched in the yard, he's, uh, he's in a kind of a winter sleep. He'll wake up every so often. He's got a pantry of stored food, and he'll go have a bite to eat and maybe watch the Vikings come back that he's recorded <laughs> on his, whatever they call those things, DVRs or whatever they are, and probably watch that and go back to bed. So food is very important to them, and I think when it gets really severe weather like this, we can actually say that it is doing birds some good, and uh, they're doing better because of us. They're doing better because we're bringing food out for them. And even if they are not totally dependent on us, boy, it sure makes their life a lot easier. Uh, Karen, it's like me. I can... My cooking credentials are lacking. <laughs> I can certainly make stuff. You know, I, I know how to make it, and I can do things, but I'm I'm not very good at it, and it just makes my life a lot easier, and my survival chances are enhanced by having my wife do the cooking and give me the food. <laughs> so I, I think birds are kind of the same way. They just do better when it's really severe like this. And, uh, you know, it's a way to, I'm ringing the bells for the birds, I think, when I go out there uh-huh. and just help them a little bit. And because and, they help me so very much, they brighten my day, as do all you listeners out there, you, Karen. I am a, a lucky man to be where I am and doing what I do. And uh, I just, it, birds are just one of those things that, um, and we don't have flowers now. Gosh, I don't know where they went. We had flowers, and now we have none. I guess I shouldn't say that completely, because there's sure some beautiful winter. It's almost like statuary from some of the plants, and they add that winter interest that just seems to be um, appreciated. I appreciate it that as much, I think, as I do the beautiful flowers in summer. Well, I certainly am missing them, and I've got some blooming in my basement now. I have a clivia, which is a tropical plant, and that started to bloom. I'm not very good with those indoor plants, Al, but when they do bloom, it makes me really happy, and it makes me realize there's hope (laughs) that the winter will eventually end and and we can go outside again, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I always got my mom uh, Christmas cactuses and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had aunts grandma that always had them and they'd give them part of it and I'd give it to my mom and she said well let's see how long it takes me to kill this one yeah. and it, it didn't take too long I don't know and then uh, she I think maybe she I don't know fussed with it too much because it seemed like some of my aunts just pretty much ignored them and they did well so maybe there are uh, some plants or those that 
that just uh, thrive on neglect. And you know, and that is so voice. true because we tend to want to, when we see like they look like they're wilting or something, we tend to want, want to water them. And usually it's because we're maybe giving them too much water and their roots are dying. So I think it's killing them with kindness is our problem. And I talked to him for her too. That might have oh. been part of the problem because <laughs> I said, look, that's my mom over there and you're going to hang in here or else. Well, what else were they going to do? Die, and that's what they did anyway. So it might have been me threatening them that they needed to stay. But the good part was I had another gift every year because one of my aunts said, I suppose your mom killed that plant. I said, well, I don't know who killed it, but it died. So then she'd give me another one, and I'd oh. give it to my mom. And So it was one of those Christmas traditions, like uh, an aunt would make uh, popcorn balls every mm. year. Mm-hmm. And I think she made them like in June, and when you, they were like billiard balls. I mean, they tasted, they were good. She was a great cook and a wonderful person, but they were rock hard, and it become every family has a kind of joke. Uh, well, probably many jokes at Christmas, but one involving inedible food, fruitcake, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fruit! See now that fruit cake is so good. I, I love fruit cake. A friend made me some fruit cake cookies. Oh my! A slice of heaven fruit cake cookies. I'd never heard of them before. Never had them before. I love fruit cake. I think the problem with fruit cake is sometimes they're they're given at Christmas and it's been a fruit cake that's been passed around for fifteen years and made with sawdust or something. Oh, absolutely! Last, you know, I play that song that's from the Five Chinese Brothers. It's called the Fruit Cake Song, and the joke is that the, you know, they want to get rid of the mailman because they know what he's bringing around again. And and you know, I've been <laughs> yeah. playing that song for years. And I mentioned earlier that one year, all of a sudden, this fruit cake showed up at the, the radio station. We didn't know where it came from or who brought it, and then we—I probably had it here for a couple of years, and then it was—it uh, was when Gully was here. Gully and Tim, one day, tried it, and I mean, it was obviously it was expired, but they said, "Well, it's okay. It's a little dry," and then you know that was it. And then I think, I think a lot of people like it just so they can pour a little brandy on something and. <laughs> Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope if you get fruitcake for Christmas, it's a nice moist one. My dad used to make it from scratch. And those that oh, wow. actually was very, very good because it was moist. It wasn't one that had been, you know, sent through the mail and, like you said, recycled many, many times. So I uh, miss oh, that. that from, yeah, from my dad. Well, that was his, he loved to bake. And that was one of the things he could do that was A-OK. That sounds delicious. You know, I'm in a place where they're playing Christmas music here all the time. I think uh, I've heard All I Want for Christmas <laughs> is You about seven <laughs> times now. I, I, you know, it's uh, Mariah Carey. I have nothing against her. I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but I don't know that I like that song anymore. It's just been... Um, a little too much that's, for me. That's why I haven't played that. I try to, you know, play ones that maybe haven't been overplayed, and that can happen. Yeah, and uh, I haven't heard uh, what Grandma got ran over by a reindeer yet, but I'm sure that'll be coming around the corner, or um, what is it? All I want for Christmas is a hippopotamus. I oh, haven't there you heard go. that one yet. <laughs> okay. Those are usually a couple that are played often and often. Hey, uh, thanks, everybody, for sitting on the front porch with us. Uh, talking back to the weather gains me nothing. It doesn't listen, but, you know, I'll continue to do it. 
if I have to shovel any snow, we've received a lot of snow. That's my measurement. But Aristotle said to appreciate the beauty of a snowflake, it is necessary to stand out in the cold. I don't mind cold weather. What would I do with all my winter clothing without (laughs) cold weather? But three things before I go. My neighbor Crandall, he has no advent calendar, but he makes do. Each day he opens a refrigerator and eats whatever's inside. So it's like a surprise to him. (laughs) Do not sit down to wrap Christmas gifts, folks, without a plan on how to get back up. I'm just... And a combination salad fork back scratcher is a wonderful gift because it's not something people buy for themselves. I'm just saying. <laughs> Remember, Heartland is while we're driving past. Uh, thanks for listening. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Karen, I enjoyed your company. Thanks for all you do. You make the world a better place. Merry Christmas, everyone. Al, Merry Christmas to you and, and to Gail as well. And and uh, you going to check out the movie once, uh, maybe later when it starts? <laughs> Maybe so. There's a whole bunch of them. I don't know how many they got in there. The whole mall full of them. Yeah, you know, then people can stop <laughs> saying, Al, the, the movie theater doesn't open till tonight. That's right. Devotion, Avatar, Something Strange World. Bunch of them. Go to the candy store instead. I'd say that's a better idea. All right. Thanks, Al. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, it's always fun to talk to Al. He's just the nicest guy. Happy Merry Christmas to he and his beautiful wife, Gail.